Okay, this one is going to be about multiple email identities and accounts and... Right. So, um, my first email account that I recall was a Hotmail account. And that was when I went to college and the college assigned me an email account. And I remember... Why didn't you use the college's account? Um, why didn't I? Because the internet was new. Email was super new. Like... I, I got one the first year I found out it even existed, mm. which was in the mid-90s. So, you know, another demographic point on mysterious Sara here. And um, and I think Hotmail just seemed cooler. Now it's not as embarrassing as an AOL.com email address, but it's up there. I, I ditched it or I stopped using it a long time ago. Do you still have the login for that? No. I, no. I wanted to get rid of it at a certain point. Yeah. Um, it wasn't my real name. It was kind of a goofy nickname. Um, I actually remember um, people misunderstood Hotmail because email was so new anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, and Hotmail and the internet, and we know why the internet exploded, don't we? Exactly. So um, there was that. And this is very comical to me, but when Gmail came around, like it was sort of like Substack. Like having a Gmail account made you legit. In a way, like Substack, well, they is, succeeded in their branding, didn't they? They did. Well, I mean, I'm, honestly, people, Substack is just a blog on a central server with a newsletter attachment. You can do that on a blog or on your own website. I, but somehow, saying you have a Substack gives you legitimacy. Anyway, another so, uh, uh, vector to um, um, localize our identities. Yeah, honestly, I don't remember using my college email as much, and I don't know why. Also, I, other than the cool factor, why I didn't use it much. And then it was gone after college yeah, well, was over. Maybe I was thinking that the Hotmail one would last. Well, I remember. I, I, I remember when I went to college. My dad owned uh, one of our local ISPs. So I had an email address from even when I was in high school. He, he just set up an address on his server, and uh, we would tell that in to his server and log in uh, to a little program that, that ran uh, uh, from, the, from the terminal, you know, from the, from the command line. You'd tell that in, and then you'd run Pine. Um, and then you'd read oh, your pine. email. My college used Pine. Pine, yeah, uh, just text only, mm-hmm. and uh, you'd read your email, and uh, and you had to choose one to read, and I know it was this whole menu sort of thing that you had to do. It wasn't it wasn't no mouse involved at all, and I remember thinking that, that was pretty cool. Did you have anyone actually to write messages to? Oh yeah, all, all of my high school friends were completely geeky, and they were all using Pine on their terminal servers in their computer science programs around the country. So wow, I passed notes in class. <laughs> And I'm younger than you, so that's kind of We funny. played games on our hacked TI um, graphing calculators. <laughs> I knew how to write seashell upside down on my calculator. <laughs> okay. Your, your mom uses calculators. <laughs> Everybody's mom uses calculators now, but they're on their phone now. Yeah, So, and then when I went to college, I got, of course, one from my college as well. Um, and that also just used, I think, a graphical interface, or not the graphical, just you'd have to, you'd have to log into the terminal server. And I, my dad gave me a PDP-11 terminal to use in my room, my dorm room, because they didn't have an internet, but they had the, the RJ45 jack, the, you know, the telephone jack, and uh, I had a terminal in my room, and I could, I could do my work Okay. from there. So well, that was two, two, email, know, two, email, two email addresses um, by uh, the age 18. Okay. I realize there's a certain aspect of this podcast that's turning into tech nostalgia because, like, <laughs> we're the people who, uh, like, our childhood and adulthood falls neatly between pre and Yeah, we had the rotary yeah. phone. Yeah. 
Yeah, and the the spiraling cord. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, let's save that for another time. Um, I did go to other schools after that, and I had work email addresses. Right. And um, but as I've mentioned here before, I, I have a that my generic Gmail account that I've had since two thousand seven or two thousand eight, right. I think. And um, so I at some point. Okay. So this has has a lot to do with also how you use email in your real life. Right. But I got to the point where, first of all, I checked email compulsively. I realize now that is part of the gambling type programming. It's not email per se because the it's provider... It's intermittent rewards. Yeah. So it's not as awful as actually stuff like social media notifications. Which are actually feeding are. you in a, in a scientifically calculated uh, Yeah. The, they're, they're manipulated. But this email, is just natural, al- natural. natural algorithmic um, hacking. And also because I think as a lot of people discovered email, because it's so fast, it also creates a sense of like demand to reply fast. Right. And, and, and there are people, and everybody, I'm sure uh, all our listeners know people that respond within seconds or minutes of when you write them something. And it seems not to matter what time of day it is. Yeah. So, and I'm a fairly responsible sort of person. So, so without even realizing it, uh, it was probably only about five years ago that I even like heard anyone talk about like making deliberate choices about checking email and I kind of went through a like a not exactly a fast <laughs> um, but like kind of made a deliberate decision I'm going to check my email at 10 and 4 every day I, I know it's probably in, after Tim Ferriss's four-hour work week because he was the one well that was like in 2006 yeah but by the time it got to me 10 years <laughs> later because I am not an early adapter <laughs> but like he was the one who first not said, an early adopter either clearly Oh, right, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Neither of those things. Doxed out of your own mouth. (laughs) That's not what doxed means, is it? I thought doxed was having your home address exposed to the world. Having your identity revealed. Yeah, right. I think just condemned out of my own mouth. Okay. All right. Well, okay, so Tim Ferriss is the one who said you should just, like, have an autoresponder that says, I only check my email at these times, and I'll get back to you then. But apparently that made people really pissed off. So you just... Just don't answer it. But yeah, then the new wisdom was just like, just decide when you're going to check your email and don't check beyond that. But so one of the reasons why I wanted to get to only one email address, one email address to rule them all, is because I was like cycling through three or four email addresses every time I thought of checking, which was way too many times a day. And um, and I always was always logged in. I never put up any like barriers, like having to enter the password again, etc. So So just just always there. Yeah. Right. And then always something on the brain. Right. So bet- so I, I guess I sort of thought like, well, if I just have one me- email address, it's less oppressive. But also then there was like bad email discipline involved in that. Right. I remember um, uh, after about 10 years with my first email address that my dad gave me at his ISP, um, it just became just universal spam. I mean, spam mm. was really the ruination of a lot of the internet. Spam and its various uh, iterations, because the traffic on the internet is free. Right. Um, uh, I don't want to know. Some ridiculous percentage of internet traffic is spam. Right. Um, and I was getting a lot of it, and it's disgusting. And um, whatever filters were on in the early two thousands um, were not very good. Were not as good as they are now. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and my ad, by that time, of course, I was using a password that was ridiculously short and the same password for everything mm. because, well, you know, who I would even guess? remember what it was and how it was spelled. <laughs> yeah, and who would know that? Um, uh, uh, 
by the way, I have I have checked have I been pawned, and that email address is certainly all out all over the place, and I'm sure its password is uh, very. Have tough. I been pawned? What does that mean? Have I been pawned? It's a website that you go to you, to see if your email address is on the dark web. I thought the dark web was like was like um, smuggling. Night, it's what happens to the internet when it's night. <laughs> No, I thought it was like how they arrange transactions for like trafficking and drugs and and then like there's like this tiny you're, corner where you're not quite as you're not quite like your not quite like your grandpa asking where the internet is, but the, no, the dark web is the it's the traffic it's all the traffic that is sort of unseen to addresses that are unknown. Okay, let's save that for another time. Okay. <laughs> So yeah, so you is that P A W N E D? Have I yeah, been pawned? Yeah, P A W N E D. Have I been pawned? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So my my, my that that email address is certainly there, okay. and it, of course, uh, being that it was that era, it 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 included parts of my real name, not my full name, but a fair amount of it. And um, uh, yeah, so there it is. So anybody who wants to check can go around any particular site uh, that. I may have signed in with that email address and um, try to guess what my password would be. Okay. So I can do that. Anyway. Okay. So then what? Well, yeah, then I got one from school. Um, I went to a series of different schools, and each had my email address, and I used things for there. And and I remember uh, graduating from the last one of those, um, finally thinking, well, I should really have something more permanent than, of course, I set up a Gmail address. And then, right, yeah. then that was, I don't, that was about, I don't know, 15 years ago or so. And I remember the dream at the time of just having one address. Yeah. Oh, and you not know what, having mine... to manage all of it, just like you were. I had the same sort of thought in my head. If I could just have it all in one place, wouldn't that be wonderful? Right. And, you know, mine, mine is my full name right at gmail.com mm-hmm. because also I thought like the transparency was good and also I was claiming it before anyone else did I suppose it's sort of like flag planting on social media right. yeah sure right it never occurred to me that I wouldn't want my identity and all the details about me known because I had no concept of metadata then or all of the privacy breaches that are just part and parcel of everyday internet business not just dark web light web as well yeah so uh, both of us have our real names splattered around the internet um, uh, willy-nilly uh, our real name in our in our email address that can be linked to us in various ways mm-hmm. uh, and this is how we did it and we and but I remember this feeling of just wanting to get down to kind of one identity yeah right but right, I still right. have that email address and it's still functional and um, because Google has pretty good security I'm not so concerned about um, it being hacked into right um, but clearly we know it happens but, to people right but it also means that um, every, anybody and everybody that I log into that name then can can be unified and uh, a profile being be drawn up right based on those things so as we've talked in recent episodes what we'd both like to do and document here is extracting ourselves from Google system as much as possible, or at least make it work for us rather than us working for them without getting paid. So we thought probably the next step, so you talked me into why it makes sense to have a genuinely private paid for email. But then the question was, well, are we going to replicate the one identity only, or will this be multiple email identities and how to manage those? So what we're going to try to do now, I guess, is to talk through the logic of going from um, lots of emails, uh, email addresses, recklessly out there. Down to uh, one. Down to one to and try to solve one set of problems, and now considering starting up new email accounts and addresses to serve different purposes. Well, there's, there's 
two things that need that need to be addressed. I think one is the, the main rubric would be compartmentalization, and there's two kinds of compartmentalization. There's um, uh, attention compartmentalization and security compartmentalization. So I think, and those are two separate things that should probably be kept separate. So the one being so we should compartmentalize the we two should, kinds of compartmentalization. Is that what? Well, you're it saying? should distinguish the two of them. So meaning. Um, during, I think it's appropriate to have, say, if you have one particular job, um, to have an email address connected with that role. Yeah. So, like with our so current for, uh, employer, we right. we both are employed by the same entity. At first, when we were assigned the new email address that goes with it, right. which is literally first name dot last name at organization dot org. Right. I was like, oh, another one. But then, uh, not very long into it, I realized, like, oh, this is a really good idea because everything that I do for this job will go through here. Right. And I don't and have also, to look at it when I'm not doing the job because in my case, it's not full time. And um, and also, it means that um, because of the nature of my work, that that email can be scanned or surveilled by my employer, but it is actually preferable for yeah, that to you be want, the you case. Yeah, you want them to keep a it's record. It's the right of, kind of it's transparency. The right kind of transparency. Within an yeah. organization, you want to have a clear record of conversation, and I think that's right. appropriate. And it also means you can distinguish your time. Okay, I look at this email Tuesday and Friday afternoon at 4 o'clock or something like that. You set a right. schedule, and you just can kind of forget about it the rest of the time. You just Everybody comes to know that that's the schedule upon which – you run and uh, and um, then you can forget about it at that. Moment. So that's that's it's good to have your roles segregated that way. So right, and um, I don't, I don't do anything personal out of that. It's right. all professional. A few people that I work with know my other email addresses. I always you know forward right. them to that account and then respond out of them so that it's yeah. Very so if clear. you have one particular professional role, it makes sense to have an email a dedicated email to that particular yeah. role. But for God's sake. Do not do personal emails out of that. Your employer can look at them at any time. You agreed to it. You don't know this, but you did. Right. Okay, I just wanted to say that. Um, so if you have multiple jobs, it's probably appropriate for you to have multiple roles. And even if you run your own business and you do different things as a solopreneur, it's probably appropriate to have different uh, email addresses for the different aspects of that business. Yeah. Um, so, so one for just gen- it doesn't have to be many. Maybe it's just two. Maybe one for uh, one for your content creator for the content side, and one for the administration side. I don't know. I mean, you can figure it out on your own. Yeah. But it makes sense to do that just to organize your own work to have certain certain things be handled in one way and certain things be handled in another. Right. So practically speaking, what I've done is taken my original old Gmail account, the free one, and that has kind of become my personal one, which um, is perhaps not ideal because it's the one whose privacy is most easily violated. Um, Though I would like to think that most of what goes on there, um, well, it's certainly not criminal, but uh, (laughs) I don't think terribly interesting to the sort of things that Google surveils for. But, um, and and my paid account, I've been trying to shift my my independent, like my my small bit. Your my, paid Gmail account. My paid Gmail right. account is is the one that I use. Right. It was for, a, just bundled with a service you have for your website. Yeah, for my right, right. It's a, yeah, um, the G Suite the that G goes Suite. with it. Right. right. And I actually have one of those as well. That's that's bundled with uh, one of the projects that I'm involved with. Right. So to me, that makes sense um, because it's part of the bundle. I'm working with a bunch of other people. They know the system. I don't feel like I can um, easily just bring them into some weird solution <laughs> That's yet the problem. maybe maybe um it will become easier in the next few years but right now um i 
there's cer- only certain things I can push for. I have to, um, I have to, um, uh, uh, I have to be strategic. Right. So I would think that for m- in my case, the practical next two steps, the the professional one with my regular employer, just can continue as it is. No, no issue there. With my personal Gmail, the old one, free one. Um, I think that would be a case where I could set up a new identity that is me, but is using one of the private services that right. we talked about. It has good privacy, not just good security, and um, tie that to my actual identity um, and have that be like for personal email for going right. forward. And then on the uh, paid Gmail account side, um, because I have a domain name, which is also myfullname.com, um, I don't know how it, I haven't looked at the details of the web service that I use for my website, but um, I can transfer my address and domain name to a different email provider. Yeah, or you can just have them forward everything that comes to a different address. There's different right. ways. But of I, d- I wouldn't want to go that. on paying for the G Suite right. Right. if I'm paying for something else right, exactly. instead. Right. And I so I, oh, I have to look into that and see what's yeah. involved and how irritating it's going to be. I'm sure it's somewhat irritating because they don't want you to leave. But then recently you started talking about um, kind of almost like throwaway email accounts f- for further compartmentalizing life. And we just had this come up recently. So why don't you tell the little tiny anecdote? Uh, so the other day uh, we wanted to uh, watch something that is only available on uh, Disney Plus and... Um, since they are, in addition to being a media company, also a tracking company, I thought I would like to um, do this in a way that um, minimizes the tracking. So um, the first thing I did um, was to uh, create an email alias at a service that I subscribe to called Simple Login. Now, this is something that's quite interesting. It allows you to spin up random email addresses uh, that you can use for non-essential services like your subscription so i mean if you if you forget your email and login you're like out one month's pay and it doesn't really matter you can just sign up again um uh so i tried to do that um and but it wouldn't work it wouldn't let me sign in um for some strange reason and so i thought well they're on to that it's like some services that i use online will not work with a vpn no, it's definitely not. Well, I mean, that, I thought that. So I thought, oh, maybe it's because they're onto this and they won't let you use this this domain name because it knows it's a throwaway domain. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they should care because we're paying money. So mm-hmm. um, it's not like you're going to spin up a bunch of fake things to, to, and to not spend money. True. So mm-hmm. anyway, uh, but I, that didn't work. So I said, well, um, we live in a strange country, as we've mentioned before. And I thought maybe I should just create a domain name or uh, create a Gmail address for my strange con- uh, country so that I have a kind of alibi on the ground here. So I created a new um, uh, domain name, um, which was... Um, the equivalent of John Doe in the, the language. Equi- the equivalent of John Doe um, in the local language. Um, and I managed to, it must have been misspelled because it wasn't taken on Gmail. <laughs> <laughs> so it couldn't have been too John Doe. <laughs> John Dope. <laughs> John Dope, <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, so I tried to log in with that, and it still didn't work. Hmm. So it turns out then I had you do it with my made-up email address on your computer, and somehow it worked because I've probably gone in and mucked with a bunch of settings and blocked a bunch of garbage that um, they're trying to use, and they won't. They think they won't even work without without it running so yeah. anyway it worked Th- on your computer this happens in our house more often than you might suspect yeah things just don't work because I mess with stuff yeah 
And they don't want you to mess with stuff. But, um, but yes, uh, using for things that are non-essential, you can just, or like a newsletter, you can spin up uh, an, an, an innumerable number of um, unique email addresses so that should any of those websites be breached or should they sell your information, you know, uh, first of all, you as the customer know precisely where it came from when it started circulating and you start getting spam. Mm. Um, and you can also just turn it off. Right. Uh, at the level at that simple login or a non-addy, there's a couple of other ones. You just sort of go in there and say you either click it off like a switch or you can delete it completely. Um, and then that email address is gone forever. Right. And let's just say having like a password manager, like one password will definitely help you keep track of all. Yeah. Of any these. password manager, because you'll record your login credentials there and you'll be able to know precisely um, which one it is. And you can just you know delete the account. Right. So those kind of throwaways can be good if you want to use like media companies that track and sell your marketing data. But you've also said like you suggested that we also with a domain name we bought create specific email identities for all of our financial stuff in one place and then all of our health related stuff in another place so that we only do business for finances with this email address and we only do business for health with this address. And they have a separate passwords from the other things. And um, they may not have separate passwords, but they have a separate identity. Um, with a number of the the um, privacy email services, Proton Mail, Tutanota, others, you with a professional, a paid for account, you get a certain number of aliases right. that you can create. That mm -hmm. means you can have up to you know, five to ten identities, which all funnel back to your main email account. Yeah. Um, and you can use those to send and respond to email from as those identities. Oh, so you would still be looking at the same place. All the emails would come to the same place, but you would send. It would be this. It's the same. You can use filters to put them in a different kind of folders. Right. But and then when they, you reply, it'll be it, it will select the correct one. It or will you, or reply to the address that it came from. That right, it came no, to. That it came to. Right. Okay. So if it if they send it if it sent if somebody sent it to xyz at abc.com, it would send it from that address. All right. So I mean, this is also useful for just like managing and organizing the absolute flood uh, deluge of things that in the modern world you have to keep on top of to remain legal yeah. and not be bilked of all your right. your funds. But. Um, is there any, I mean, are there security concerns particularly? I mean, it's just, it seems like security a lot of... concerns with what? Such that you would want to have a separate email identity for your finances from the rest of life. Um, I don't know. I think this is, it's really kind of up in the air. I mean, if it's your real identity and people are writing you and eventually this is the kind of identity you want to be leaked to the data harvesting agencies, like the credit agencies, they're going to know this email address because it's shared with them. Mm. Um, and it will become known as a kind of trusted one. So, I mean, there's no reason to be like too secrety about it because it's not that secret. Anything, anytime you enter the banking or healthcare system, you're, you're, you're spraying data all over the place. So, um, but you want to, to minimize that, it's probably best to be as discreet as you can. I mean, I would choose a name that is a, a bit vague and easy to spell to a person in India. <laughs> True that. Um, but I was also thinking, like, you can make this system work for you since there are so many email addresses you can get for free. Right. <laughs> but what you can do is create this known 
identity right. with your email address for say your finances therefore your credit rating etc cetera, etc cetera. Right. but it doesn't have to be paired with all the other details about you and that's that's what makes machine learning and metadata such a horrible force in the world is because it takes very little for them i mean even even this would work but i mean the more data they have on you the more they can predict and therefore manipulate and control you and so this is just putting kind of a stick in the in the spokes right. of that kind of thing. Yeah, so so I, I've I've searched online for various email strategies and mm. um, it's the kind of thing that I certainly have already overthought <laughs> which should not surprise uh, my significant other across <laughs> the way from me. <laughs> um, so uh, keep it as as simple as possible and as complex as necessary. I mean, there's no reason to if you have one identity that's attached to your real identity, as long as it's perfectly well secured, there's no mm -hmm. reason to be too fearful about it. Um, uh, you should at least have another identity. Um, uh, another one that you use that you regularly to sign up for things like Amazon. It doesn't have to be a real name. There's an, absolutely no reason you need to have a real name as, as sign up to your Amazon account or mm. to anything of anything else you subscribe to uh, online. Uh, they don't need your real identity. Right. Um, you probably want. Uh, you may want to have a legitimate, a kind of alias if you um, if you want to be anonymous in certain situations. Maybe you want to cultivate a particular alias identity. Um, to, for use in certain situations, so you may want to have you know those, and you want to may have another one that you, another one that you just use for junk. Um, right. Uh, let, let us be clear that we are not in any way recommending creating alienness so you can be a big jerk on internet stuff. Okay, this that's, is not for that's you easy to be already. Evil. <laughs> just saying. Yeah. We yeah. So so as as a. Uh, as few as possible and as many as necessary, I think. Right. And so to just review your options, um, Gmail is free. Everybody mm -hmm. recognizes it. The security is excellent. Security is excellent. If you are concerned about privacy and about it just being a Goliath, then it's not a good choice. But it's a good place to start if you need to. And if you use a password manager like 1Password, it will be easier. Yeah, well, you can if you want to start for free, uh, you can get free accounts at the uh, Proton and at Tutanota. They're you they're That's true. They're like free to begin with and the security is excellent. And so is the privacy, yes. And the, and also you get you know you know that your inbox is yeah. um end to end encrypted and they're not um, harvesting yes. it for And data. technically in case any of our seven listeners out there ever want to contact us, we do have a Proton Mail account, disentanglement podcast at protonmail.com. We check it about once every couple of months. Five months. <laughs> We should probably log in so it doesn't get shut down. Yeah, maybe. Do they do that? Yeah, okay. after six months. Oh, I think I've checked it more recently than that. But anyway, you should probably do that again. Yeah, anyway, so those are just uh, proton mail. I think fast mail is also uh, a, paid a for. Yeah, paid for. They're not end-to-end -end encrypted, but they're but it's they don't scan or target you. They just are a service. Right. Yeah, and the rule is always if you pay for it, your security and privacy are going to be better. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe not your security, but, um, but your privacy. Okay, well, that's a, a kind of wrap up and um, of uh, the not necessarily a, a specific strategy, but some of the options and um, reasons for creating multiple online identities for the various roles that you play, both in your professional and personal life. All right. All right. Go forth and do likewise.